0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Bay Area, what's really good? We're back on the Believe Podcast Network, and this time it's Believe and Cal Bears, the Golden Bear Necessities. Now with me hosting is a man who's got over 50 touchdowns for Cal Berkeley and as well over 6,000 yards from the quarterback position, is my guy, Kevin Riley.
0: Hey, Bear fans, how you doing this week?
1: I'm sure, well, they're chopping at the bits till the Pac-12 can finally get in action.
0: Kevin, what's up, my man? How was your weekend? It was great. Uh, it was the first weekend in about six months that felt normal. Football was on, couldn't go outside because of smoke in the air in the Bay Area, and I sat down for two days watching football. A lot more on Sunday than Saturday.
1: Hey, there you go. Well said, man, well said. And I'm, I'm in that same boat, man. The air quality right now, is not the business. I guess we should advise everybody and all of our listeners to stay inside unless you really have to. I know it's getting a little bit better, but it uh, it's quite a beast out there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. Watched a little basketball early in the weekend. I saw the Nuggets make a series with the Clippers and then caught a little college action Saturday. Watched uh, maybe far too much NFL action on Sunday and I actually had a couple bets come through my way, so I'm a little excited about that. Got some extra spending money in my pocket this week, so, yeah, something to hang my head on.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun to be able to watch some football, make some bets, and uh, enjoy regular life for a little bit. And been discussions about uh, Big Ten and the Pac-12 a little bit, so we'll get into that here in a bit.
1: Yeah, man, I hear that. And you know, while we're on the topic of betting at the time, it's really probably not the best idea to be heading to Las Vegas or South Lake Tahoe or even Reno. But in the meantime, there is still a way we can get our gambling fill. So from games and spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there was always the online
0: casino as well. It never closes. It never closes this week. I want to bet online to a G made a couple bets. There are some bad beats there though. I had the Ravens Browns over Browns couldn't score any points. That was a struggle. And then I had Syracuse UNC. I uh, went with the experienced quarterback for Syracuse to put up a little bit of fight, but North Carolina showed a little bit more power and, and team athleticism and ran for three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. So bad beats this week, yeah, but man. there's a whole new week next week.
1: Yeah, quite a doozy, but I appreciate your insight there. Right now, though, I need all of you guys head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. All right, my man. So, like I said, we had a ton of football action, and as you touched on earlier, it was just really great to kind of have that that return to normalcy in a way. I mean, this pandemic has been stretched out forever, but I feel like, in a way somewhat having a bit of college football back and having the NFL back sort of grounded everyone. I know football is a huge community thing, but it it just seems to be an uplift at a good time.
0: It does. Um, I mean, I know my text thread with all my buddies was blowing up and the group text talking about the games, football, and and this week's lineup wasn't even a good weekend for uh, college football. SEC hasn't started yet, and then the ACC had some games, but none of them were – I don't think any of them – I guess there was a couple uh, conference games, but others, but no big games really this week. I guess Notre Dame-Duke would have been the highlight, um, uh, and uh, it was competitive for a bit, but you could see Notre Dame's talent and why they keep on having top 10 recruiting classes come through in the end.
1: Sure, I think that's one thing Notre Dame certainly does every year is they, they recruit, and they recruit well. But like you were saying, yeah, there seemed I don't think there was any matchup between ranked opponents, correct?
0: No, no. We had a couple upsets in there. Uh, the Big Ten struggled a little bit with uh, Kansas State going down and also Iowa State going down as well. And I think oh, I did see that. Coastal Carolina beat up on Kansas Jayhawks a little bit, but that's just kind of Kansas football every year.
1: Yeah, right, man. Can't feel bad for everyone. But, you know, my <laughs> condolences to those boys. But at least it, it seems like we are getting some positive news from the Pac-12, which is what we're here to discuss mainly. You know, we love our Pac-12. We love our Bears. But it was a couple weeks ago that it was announced that all Pac-12 campuses would eventually have access to daily COVID testing kits that would be able to give them results on a daily basis, and that way it can really, really be super effective in kind of nipping this whole thing in the butt. And I think I first read it on, from ESPN senior writer Heather Dinich, and now she's reporting that they're saying mid to late November would be the most aggressive return for the Pac-12. And I know, of course, we're kind of linked in with the Big Ten, who also seems to be making the proper strides to start football sooner than later because I know we both discussed none of us want to wait till spring to see ball but it does look like we're making steps in the right direction. It's kind of it seemed for many of the chancellors or athletic directors that their biggest issue was that they didn't have these daily tests available and so now that the Pac-12 has partnered with I believe it's called Quidel Corporation a manufacturer of an FDA-approved rapid test that will allow the league to test its students daily. So I'm um, I'm thinking we might have football sooner than later.
0: That's what it's looking like. Um, I know with the Big Ten meeting, I read up after their meeting yesterday that they're having more conversations this week and hopefully put a vote out this week. And there has been conversation with the Pac-12 network on that. And with the Pac-12 network... Uh, as you report, ESPN report, I saw John Wilner at the Mercury News report as well, that the testing that they have in place for the Pac-12 actually is going to outperform the NFL testing. Um, so if they can have that ready to go mid to late October, I think, or mid to late November is going to be the time frame. And the only problem with the Pac-12, if the Big Ten does start in October, California and Oregon State restrictions is going to be tough to get those universities all to get going.
1: Right. I'm told that that's definitely a tipping point in this all is getting California and Oregon college institutions back on campus, because it seems like that's a little bit of a snag in the plan right now. So hopefully day by day, we're we're making those proper strides to get there. And me, I mean, I'm an optimist. So, again, I'm going to I'm going to hold on to my hope. And I'm thinking we're definitely going to see college football for the Pac-12 before 2020 turns to 2021
0: i completely agree with you and you know just from everything you read and then finally a little bit reports are going about you know initially before the season you you saw the pac-12 players making a union um in terms of protection um, now you're seeing how badly everybody wants to play and how badly all the coaches want to play and that's and that's really the football coming out in you you see a little bit of football you're like why am i not playing this week um Everything aside, I think this, as a football player, you do whatever you can to get on the field and seeing that, I think you'll see a couple more articles in the next few weeks about all the players wanting to play and that shouldn't drive the decision at all. They should be making the best decision, but at least it's uh, you're going to see that now coming out forward.
1: Yeah. I think you really hit the nail on the head with that one. It does seem that these football games starting has motivated both officials, players, administrators, just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more with this. So, Again, we're thinking good thoughts. I hope you are at home as well, but we will move forward regardless. Uh, We'll touch on some of these college scores that Kay Riley was just referring to. So we had number 18, UNC. They did take out Syracuse by a score 31-6. to Also number 10, Notre Dame did roll over Duke, 27-13. It looks like Oklahoma put up a big number, 48-0 over MOST. And then let's see, number one, Clemson. Yep, as you predicted, Trevor Lawrence and them, thirty-seven over Wake Forest, thirteen.
0: Yeah, it's you could see that um, for the Notre Dame Duke game. Duke actually competed the first half. If people did watch that game, and they had the quarterback transfer from Clemson, Bryce, who came in last year and kind of led a comeback victory early in the year, and he looked solid. And I, I this, think you saw Notre Dame's defensive front backers, secondary, just were better better players and you saw that as the game went on and then they started making more plays and then UNC ended up beating a pretty bad Syracuse team and their quarterback struggled who's going to be probably a top two round draft pick in the next uh, two years if he decides to come out early next year and Clemson did Clemson things Trevor Lawrence looked solid wasn't anything spectacular but their defense was notably good again so they're going to be a tough beat yeah, Clemson
1: just really seems to have so many studs at every position. It almost does look sometimes that they're um, a varsity playing junior varsity. You know, and that's no disrespect to anybody else. It just seems Clemson has been at that
0: level for the past few years. Yeah, absolutely, and us and being West Coast football guys, I don't think the last few years I watch as much. You watch the big games in ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, uh, but most of the time I stick to the West Coast games. And then you watch... Get over those games, and you just see some of those guys. You're like, all right, those are all NFL players. And I remember uh, playing SC during my time. SC was that type of talent, top three recruiting class every year. And our uh, offense coordinator, my sophomore year, Signetti, just goes, <laughs> looks, and he goes, "God damn, Riley, right? they look better than all the NFL teams last year." And I'm like, "Sweet, that's a good confidence booster." <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they just got yeah. uh, you know, and it's it's a part of the game. And if you have good game plan, you play well. It's not it means your players are better per se, but they look the part and have bigger size and strength. So,
1: I guess it helps, but right, you know, at the end of the day, it's all one in between the lines. I mean, all of that is nice, but you know, it definitely can swing other ways when it needs to. And sometimes at the most unpredictable of times, and I guess that's why we have our upsets when we do, but you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't want to say I have a West coast bias, but sometimes I have a West coast bias. And I figure if so many, so many of these East coast journalists and East coast media conglomerates can have, very very i wouldn't say like mm, blatant, i don't want to say blatant but blatant biases then i think maybe we can uh give the pac-12 a little favor too
0: yeah i think so and growing up a uh, son of a high school coach in oregon who's a west coast guy um that's just the way i was raised we always watched the west coast game of the week with keith jackson and keith jackson and uh just, just the way you grew up
1: there you go man i'm right there with you so how about uh nfl action what uh what games did you happen to catch this weekend
0: um, I caught a little bit of the red zone um, and watched parts of every game. Mostly watched the Hawks and uh, Falcons and and the games that were on regular TV here. Um, didn't catch a ton of the Niners game, but I saw a little bit of that as well. Impressive game by Arizona. Sure. Um, but it, it, was, it was good football. That, that's the most promising thing with no preseason. Um, you could just see how good those guys were. And the Cal Bears represented great. In the first week, um, especially Aaron Rodgers, um, especially you know Green Bay picking a quarterback in the first round and him coming, coming out like he did, looking like it was the early two thousand tens and MVP status. So that was great to see.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually, we're going to get to that in a little bit here. We have a hashtag Pro Bears, where each week on um, the Golden Bear Necessities, we'd like to shine a light on the Bears in the NFL who stand out just a little bit more than the others. So we will get to that in a second. Most of you I know are probably East Bay listeners or from the Bay Area. I don't want to remind you that uh, your Raiders did, you desert, did desert you to Las Vegas. But, however, I did catch that game, and I want to say Derek Carr in the offense has looked as good as they've looked since Jack Del Rio was there, unfortunately, in the year that Derek Carr ended up breaking his leg. But I think they look really dynamic with Jacobs in the backfield, and then it seemed they were using – I don't want to say, is it, is it Rugs? I always get them confused. Rugs and, and Judy, and I think it's Ruggs who's on the Raiders. Rugs. He seems yep. like he's going to be uh, a really ri- really dynamic player for them, whether they're getting him the ball on reverses, whether he's running routes across the field or deep down the field. I just think the Raiders may finally have something working on offense, but their secondary did get ripped up again for most of the game. <laughs> it did. They were able to hold on, but, you know, true Raider fashion, I guess you really never can count on anything. I did want to give a shout out to that offense though. And the offensive line who might be one of the tops in the NFL quietly, but yeah, actually the Raiders uh, look not bad,
0: not bad at all. And Derek Carr, yeah, he's kind of had an up and down career, but for the most part, he's always been solid. And, uh, he looked like he did, like I said, pre injury and he has some better receivers. Aguilar coming over from the Eagles. Uh, he was putting the ball on some spots yesterday and, uh, That's one thing, though, with game planning and knowing you have a game for three weeks, I think Gruden has always been a good game planner in terms of situations when you give him a long period of time. And uh, we'll see going week four as if we can continue to put the offense in the best situation possible.
1: Sure, and I actually like that you said that because I was actually impressed that Gruden got back to his very true play-calling ways. I felt like he mixed it up a little bit. And uh, yeah, Aguilar, too. Nelson Aguilar, that ball that Derek Carr threw to him in the end zone. Really, really nice touch on it. Good for Aguilar to come down with it. Like you said, he's a first-year player over from the Eagles. You did mention the 49ers-Cardinals game. I did watch that one, every snap of it. And there's a few different takes I had on it, but I definitely want to give Kyler Murray his due credit, the way he was extending plays throughout that game, especially dealing with the, nin- the Niners' defensive front. Murray's just super shifty back there in the pocket. He gives shades of Russell Wilson, and he just seemed to find uh, Hopkins every time he needed him. Hopkins, hell of a debut for the Cardinals. All the credit goes to him. And I just think when Garoppolo had to make those plays late in the game, it just um, couldn't seem to do it.
0: Yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, Hopkins just shows you how good he is in that game because the Niners have solid secondary and – you know, they ran how many outs and comebacks to Hopkins, and he had five yards of space. Um, so that just shows you how Especially dangerous in that fourth quarter. He, Yeah, that just shows you how dangerous he is. And Kyler Murray, like you said, shades of Russell Wilson, but just faster. Um, can't throw like Russ yet, but he's very promising and has great touch and just throws a nice tight spiral. Um, and then Jimmy struggled a little bit for sure. You just. It, Weird thing with Jimmy is you'll look like all pro quarterback one quarter and look like the worst quarterback in the league the next year, uh, next quarter. Sure. I mean, so um, you know it's a first game too. You just never know. Right. Well, uh, you get one thing goes wrong, two things go wrong, and you're just overthinking and analyzing. But he's been to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back here real quick.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Jimmy, he's veteran enough at this point in his career. He's going to stay above it all. He's going to stick to what he knows. And as well, he's waiting for some of his options to get back in the receiving core for the 49ers as well. So definitely going to keep an eye on them as the season goes on. But as we alluded to earlier on this show, especially before the college season gets started for the Cow Bears, we want to try to shine a light on Cow Bears who perform week in and week out in the NFL. So let's start here on Thursday Night Football. We had the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans and actually a guy you're very familiar with, played with him for quite a while, Offensive tackle Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz keeps Mahomes upright most of the night. I think Mahomes only had one sack, and Casey winded up rolling 34-20. to 20.
0: Yeah, Mitch Schwartz, I think, is the best right tackle in the NFL. Uh, I think most Cal fans would say that as well. I think he gave up the least amount of sacks last year as a tackle, and he beat up J.J. Watt all night. Um, it's great to see Mitch. I was with Mitch every year at Cal since he started as a true freshman. Um, great human, great teammate, great football player, and he's totally elevated uh his game and he's smart and he just understands football you know as an offensive lineman coming in he talked like a quarterback uh, and really understands the game of football and uh he's gonna it has got a chance to maybe have a hall of fame career here yeah i think so i didn't i didn't
1: realize until earlier this week that he has pretty much never missed a snap in his entire career <laughs> And from the tackle positions, like, what more can you ask for than than continuity and consistency? And to be available week in and week out and to dominate at the level that Schwartz has, yeah, I think um, he's, he's painting a very good career for himself. He's obviously got a ring now from his uh, Super Bowl last season. So, yeah, I got a feeling that it's only more good things to come from Schwartz.
0: Yeah, and it's probably fun blocking for that guy too. So he's probably having more fun than he did with me. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> well <laughs> – I mean, you know, the Super Bowl, that's pretty much the pinnacle. But, you know, we can't blame him. Yeah, We won't ask him that, though. No, 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 I don't think so. All right then, moving on, as we got into our Sunday action, we mentioned earlier, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why really anyone is surprised by this, but sometimes the media likes to give him a hard time. Rodgers, really, really on the money. 32 of 44, threw for 364 yards, four touchdowns, two he threw to Devontae, his favorite target, really lit up the scoreboard against Minnesota who has a pretty solid defense. They ended up coming away with the victory, 43-34, to 34, and I don't know if you caught it, but he, Rogers, wound up with the number 8 play on the Sports Center top 10 last night as he was rolling to the right really eluding or evading traffic from about, I want to say 40 yards out just on a frozen rope right to the pylon for a touchdown. But again, why is anybody surprised?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Number eight, I think is not doing that play credit. I
1: I agree. I agree (laughs) very much because I watched the whole list and just the difficulty of that throw. I don't think they gave it its due respect.
0: Oh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's so effortless for him. I mean, that's why for six years people talked about him possibly being the greatest quarterback ever. Um, was that game yesterday? He makes the position look effortless. His throws are effortless, and he's throwing at fifty yards. I mean, he threw that ball thirty-five yards on a straight line, rolling out right after kind of using his eyes to look off some guys. Um, Mahomes could probably make that throw, but even in like Russ as well right those are the only two I can you
1: still got to put it in the window I mean yeah. don't get me wrong Mahomes perfect. is very accurate and yeah. obviously has a, a Mega Man arm but right like yeah. that's just I feel like vintage Aaron Rodgers it's that crazy. throw screamed it
0: the whole game was so so much fun to watch as a quarterback um, as an offensive football fan I mean Green Bay was dialed and he was so dialed and every ball is just in a perfect spot right where the receiver needs it on the deep balls. I mean, there's a couple drops there that were perfect balls as well. Um, I'm very excited if Aaron plays like this the rest of the year, look out NFL. It's going to it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, I got a feeling we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. Moving on, but staying also in the NFC North, wide receiver Marvin Jones, four grabs for 55 yards. They did take that late loss to the Chicago Bears, but Marvin Jones, another player, ends up on the Sports Center top 10. He chimed in at number six, and I don't know if you caught this one, but he was coming, it was midfield, um, running a drag route over the middle, Stafford hits him. Jones, instead of heading toward the sideline like a true football player he is, he turns it upfield, and who is standing there? None other than rookie cornerback Jalen Jones. So what is our Jalen Johnson? Sorry about that, Jalen Johnson. What Marvin Jones does is he proceeds to lower his shoulder and
0: completely steamrolls him. Yeah, well, I've seen Marv do that plenty. Uh, Marv will dip his short, shoulder on you. He did it at Calabuns, like little hezy step move, and just drop you. Um, a, another guy I truly love as a human being and teammate and it's good to see Marv out there again after getting injured last year having having a good game and uh, I think he's gonna you could tell he's one of Stafford's top um targets and you trust him so I think Marv's gonna come back and have a great year this year
1: yeah he's definitely been a go-to for Stafford for some time now and always seems to perform week in and week out. I'm actually in my fantasy league. I've been trying to work out a deal to bring Marvin Jones over to me. Should have drafted him initially. I think he, I was planning to get him. He fell through, but if, uh, yeah, somebody in my league hears this, just know I'm coming for him.
0: <laughs> That's a good choice. I picked him up in mine, so.
1: There you go, yeah. Wise move. Yeah. Let's go. Moving on, another wide out. Keenan Allen, four catches for 37, but the Bolts do spoil Joe Burrow's NFL debut.
0: They did. Um, Burrow looked, thought for a first game without any preseason bro looked like a solid player i mean i think we all watched him at lsu last year and i thought that was the greatest college football season i've ever seen from a quarterback the games i watched and obviously he's thrown a great talent but he still did it and it was, i mean it was an incredible year he had and he made some good plays last year is uh, yesterday and his uh demeanor at the end of the game was very impressive that's the biggest thing i think you could take away from the game Chargers offense looked terrible. I know they pulled it off, but uh, I don't think they're going to win very many games if they look like they did yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to have a disappointing season just by their standards. Because I know the past or the past couple years, they've kind of felt like they're on the verge of getting over the hump with a pretty talented defense, uh, most especially a pretty talented secondary. But just seems things never seem to really come all together for the L.A. Chargers, and that's not saying that it won't. But like you said yesterday, they just the offense looked pretty discombobulated and we'll give them. Yeah, it's it's week one in an NFL season that didn't have a preseason. But yeah, I mean, they they have um, a rookie quarterback on the bench. We'll see if he becomes a factor this year at all. Mm-hmm. For now, it looks like Tyrod Taylor's got the keys, yep. but we will see. I will say from Joe Burrow, though, he yeah, he, he played pretty poised. And even when he ran that 20 uh, yard scamper into the end zone. I felt like he almost didn't expect to score there because you can see a little bit like when he goes to spike it, he's like, oh, man, did that just happen? I I don't know whether or not. I mean, you know, he he got in the end zone. That's what matters. But you could see a little bit the nervous energy in the body.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, he's also one of those awkward runners. I remember watching him at LSU last year and like he had like 60 yards rushing in a game. I'm like, he is athletic, but he doesn't look like it. And I think that was just a little bit of a combo on that play. His hesitation to let his lineman get in front of him on that draw. It almost looked awkward, but it was like the perfect football play. Um, He just, you know, he's not a smooth athlete like a lot of other guys, but he is a good athlete. I think you saw that. And going back, I mean, that Chargers defense, though. I mean, they will compete. Their D-line and defense is so good. And uh we'll see what happens with Herbert here being an Oregon kid. Um, I think no one doubts his talent. He you know, could throw it with anybody. Um, I know Taylor uh, a little bit. Um from he's the same year as me, and he's also talented. I think we've seen what he can do, though, as a player. He's had plenty of chances in the NFL, and he's solid. He's not going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think everybody knows he's kind of like an Alex Smith, um, good football player. Alex Smith is better, sure. but moves well. Yeah, moves well, and he'll you know he's going to have some games there where he can look all pro. But for the most part, it's going to be those twenty. He's going to be twenty for thirty for a buck eighty, one touchdown sure. or something like that. So I think that's what you're going to see from Chargers. So if their defense plays great, they're going to win games. If not going to be like yesterday where they're going to need some things to go their way well said speaking of quarterbacks who move well man
1: i, I looked up some of your game tape and you, you really weren't lying about the best blocking quarterback in cal history you used to get out there and lay hats man that's, that's a lot of respect to see a quarterback really just put it on the line and like it wasn't just you getting in the way like there is several of them where it's like you just took it right to their hip or just ran right through them
0: yeah. Yeah. When you had some games where you were thrown, like I did, you had to do something to uh, get help out the team, but uh, no, uh, our guys were so good. I mean, I handed the ball. If you never knew like what any of our running backs could do, they could get jammed at the line and bounce out. So you'd always be prepared for them to do that. Um, I mean, job at best Shane Vereen for most of my career and then like uh, four set before that. So you just learned and practiced. you practiced the hell out of following your fake and after I got the first one, I just started doing it more and ended up being a lot of situations where you had a one-on-one and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just you do whatever you can for all your teammates, and it became a part of something I was passionate about and helping out the team. So
1: There you go, ladies, gentlemen, and children. <laughs> spoken like a true football player right there. And, yeah, all you prospective quarterbacks, if you're a good enough athlete, get out there and block. <laughs> And if you're not, then maybe, yeah, don't, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
0: just don't try and run by job too long or else people really know how slow you are. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that guy, I remember seeing even him in high school and whatnot at like track meets that guy was, he was someone to watch fly.
0: Yeah. yeah he, he did run the Olympics after he was done playing. So yeah. It does you enough.
1: Yeah, it just goes to show you. Yeah. See who else do we have from Cal? Ah, Sunday night football. How could we forget? Quarterback Jared Goff. 20 of 31, 275 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. I don't think he played bad. He didn't, you know, light anything up, but he played well enough to beat Dallas and he played well enough to get a win on SoFi Stadium's
0: home opener. Yeah. Um, you know, pressure game coming off an underwhelming season after a super super bowl run uh i thought he played well i mean his interception too could have been i mean it should have been called back they grabbed his face mask which in the nfl that's always a penalty so it should have been no picks uh, i thought he looked good he looked poised he was making some good throws um i think he's gonna have a bounce back year for sure um and uh, and the rams look solid i think they uh bounce bounced back they found some solid running backs um and the receivers are the receivers. They're, they're good players, so we'll, we'll see um, with the Rams. With their defense definitely looked better than it did a year ago as well.
1: Sure, and I, I do think, like you said, it was a little bit of a, a statement game for Jared or even just getting the team the win because I know by all their standards in that organization, they had a down year last year. They, they really had high expectations, but as well, we've seen the type of throws that Jared Goff can make, how productive he can be. So I think the Rams, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be legit again. Of course, a lot of people always want to give Dallas so, so much coverage in the offseason, but I had a feeling that they would have a tough time with Rams on on that opener, Uh and such was the case. I know Prescott's still working through some of his things, but, yeah, I think for Goff, it's uh, somewhere good to move forward from.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's a big win. Dallas, people are talking about them being, you know, like a sleeper Super Bowl pick, but I think it just shows you that the Rams – we're a super bowl team and you still got to beat that team that it's already made it that has a good core of that team remaining.
1: Absolutely. Let's turn over to the defensive side of the ball, defensive end cam Jordan, four solo tackles, one tackle for a loss, but he does do his part to hand Brady his first loss in a bucks
0: uniform. He did. Um, Cam is such a stud. Uh, one of the best DNs in the NFL, as everybody knows. Um, he just disrupts other games in other ways. I mean, he gets hurries. I mean, you could see on that third down where Brady threw it away. That was this Cam pressure uh, kind of like brought on him. And when they made that audible to run at Cam, you know, you just can't do that. He's one of the best run defensive ends in the league as well. Um, and the Saints defense look good. they I feel like they've kind of been like that um, where they can create some turnovers um, and do that sort of thing. And, you know, there was a couple times where Brady didn't look like Brady and made some bad decisions. And uh, you could see yeah. that pick six was a yeah. bad throw. One. Yeah. a Bad throw. And then the other one, I think they ended up saying it was a misread by him, which even if it wasn't, it was still a terrible throw. So. But I thought Brady looked fine. I think he's going to be fine, and I think the Bucks will be fine as well. Um, I think them and the Saints will be competing championship or wild card for sure.
1: Yeah, that'll for sure be a division to watch. I think both those rosters extremely, extremely talented. I agree with you about Brady too. You know, maybe he had a couple of misreads there, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt anything that Brady and the Bucks are going to do. Again, they just got too much talent, and even on the defensive end, they got a lot of ball players. So they do. we'll be seeing them. Um, also on the defensive ball, we had some rookies getting get into the action just a little bit. Rookie safeties Jalen Hawkins and Ashton Davis each helped their respective teams, the Falcons and the Jets, with a solo tackle, but both of them, unfortunately, in losing efforts.
0: Yeah. So- I, I'm- Disappointed not having those games in red zone. I think, you know, I was probably grabbing my baby or something like that. I kept on watching for him. I know when the Bills scored a couple times, I was like, hopefully that's not Ashton Um, breaking coverage or something like that, which isn't like him. But uh, I think um, both those guys are going to be good players. Um, Loved them at Cal and continue. I mean, going into safety into the league, there's a lot of things you got to know. And, you know, you're going up against different level caliber guys. And, They'll be good. So I'm disappointed I didn't get to see him, but I did just see Devontae Downs had a fumble recovery, um, in his first start for the New York Giants as well. So there's another Cal Bear, which is uh, a great to see.
1: Yeah, right. We're making definitely making an impact, you know, and that goes without saying, honestly. Yeah. And let's see. Last but absolutely not least. The Washington football team head coach, Riverboat Ron Rivera, a true Golden Bear, steals a victory from rival Philadelphia behind great quarterback play from Dwayne Haskins in Rivera's Washington debut. And also, it's, I mean, I know it was recently he was diagnosed with cancer. He received a planned IV at halftime. This, this guy, Riverboat Ron, he's, he's one of the true ones.
0: He is a true one. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him, um, and he's a great Cal Bear. He loves Cal. Uh, and uh, you could tell from everywhere he's been that all of his players like him. I think you saw a couple people at Carolina retire and leave after he left. Um, you could see already in Washington the impact he's making on that organization, which I think, as we all know, is probably the worst organization in pro football. But he's already changing the atmosphere there. And coming back from 17 points down in your first game just shows you a good ability to adjust. Um, and uh this that's a sign of a mentally strong team and i think that's one of ron's fortes is having a strong unit and always competing and you saw that in game one yep
1: definitely very very well said gonna really keep our eye on the washington football team going forward they are in the middle of an identity change but like many other things this year it seems they're making progress so we'll we will be here to support them and cover them especially because like we're saying we're huge riverboat ron fans he's a golden bear great we'll keep an eye on him absolutely all right kay riley so as the folks know you will be co-host of this show this year so not that they need reintroducing to you but let's reintroduce you just a little bit here so if you don't mind fire a couple questions at you here
0: that sounds good so let's,
1: let's let's go back even before berkeley let's let's start with your prep career Care to share some thoughts on your high school football playing days? I know you mentioned that you are the son of a high school coach.
0: Yes, um, grew up in Beaverton, Oregon, where my dad was the high school coach there and teacher, and um, the youngest of four. I had two older brothers who played a little bit in college, and uh, so football has been been around it my entire life. I was a ball boy for them, and and then uh, started first year I started was actually my junior year of high school. My sophomore year of high school, uh, one of my good friends growing up, his name is Greg Laybourne. He played safety at Oregon State. He was the quarterback. Um, and uh, yeah, so I started as a junior and I had a good, great year. And, and then the recruiting process kind of went from there um kind of under recruited to i went to a couple camps and i did really well and started getting offers and then once you get that big offer domino effect happens and more offers keep on rolling in. from there even when the coaches don't even know who you are
1: there you are and the rest was history yeah
0: and the rest was history
1: all right and now taking yourself back to your first time arriving on cal's campus whether it was for a visit or actually arriving for school or, or whichever, but about the first time coming into the community. What were your initial thoughts, not only of the university and the football program, but just Berkeley and kind of that area as a whole?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, same thing. Summer going into senior year and uh, flew down by myself. Uh, went to the school uh, during camp. And uh, there was a uh, Jake Locker was there, and I believe his name is James Lark from Utah. I think he went to BYU. I'm not sure, but uh, it was us three doing some quarterback workouts with Tedford. And uh, school itself, Berkeley, I enjoyed it from the get go. Um, didn't know anything really about Berkeley um, besides obviously being a great academic school, but uh, enjoyed the the feel of it. Loved walking around campus, and every food spot that I went to was great. So. Love that, and uh, but no, it was fun. Uh, we just did a throwing workout with Coach Tedford, and uh, Coach Kisa was a receivers coach, and Coach Tedford put us through some drills. And after that is actually when I got my scholarship, um, and it was fun. It's always right fun on. to compete like that, and you know, when you putting shorts on and throwing, I always had that confidence in high school, where uh, I don't think there was one day where I felt bad and I knew I was going to out throw like people I was competing against
1: that's it man that's it right there but you know we all know you have your share of big time plays but what do you personally think is your biggest and brightest moment inside memorial
0: stadium memorial stadium um had a ton of wins i think a pretty good like win record at home but i wouldn't say we had like ever that sc win or anything like that i'd say in 09 when we beat arizona at home i had a very average game but uh you know, made enough plays at the end of the first half and in the fourth quarter um, to take us down the field. And, and we ended up uh, winning that game. And they were on the hot streak. Foles was starting to play well. And they just had a couple big wins. Uh, they were top 25. I think they were like 16th or something like that. And we ended up winning that game and building some momentum back after we lost to Oregon State and losing Javid the week before. And I broke yeah, yeah. like four teeth before the week before as well. Jeez, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you said true and true football players to the core. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. But, well, yeah, your entire tenure at UC Berkeley was under Coach Tedford. What would you say were some of his most outstanding and notable qualities as a coach? I mean, you want to talk about
0: a football guy. He's, he's one of the most football guys I, I know. Um, I think him himself being a quarterback – um, he was so knowledgeable, his game planning ability to attack a defense was always very strong and we always had a good game plan and, you know, like in situations, um, I think almost over thinking it a little bit as well, cause we put in some great plays for the week, but we'd want to run it at a certain yard line and uh, we finally run it and it would work if you know, like it would always work at that yard line or whatever it is, but I was always a Felt like, hey, like let's run this multiple times until they stop it because you have multiple options and coverage beaters for every one. Um, and uh, he just, uh, he's got your back uh, loyal. Um, he's just a good football, knowledgeable guy. And you saw that when he went to Fresno and turned around Fresno pretty quickly there as well.
1: There you go. You hear that, Coach Tedford? <laughs> Kay Riley speaks very highly of you. <laughs> but yeah, while you were at Berkeley, man, you, you played with a slew of talented skill players at Cal. Now, I, I hate to ask or even bring it up, but was there a person who was your favorite target to throw touchdowns
0: to? Oh, God, I had so many and good players. I don't want to get players. you in trouble with Yeah, him, yeah right? I had so many good guys I played with um, everywhere. Um, our team was stacked. Uh, I'd say Marvin Jones because I spent the most time with Marv. Um, Marv came in young, and uh, junior year we had a good year together and uh, just built kind of a rapport. And senior year we were having a decent year together until I got injured. Um, I love those guys when I was young. Um, all of them the same, they did different things, uh, with, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Robert Jordan and Lavelle Hawkins. I mean, those guys as a group were ballers, ballers, amazing. Um, and each one did things differently. I felt the most comfortable with Rob and Hawk, honestly, just cause our like timing was better together. But, and then, you know, when you're going deep, there's no one better to throw to Deshaun. I mean, And he's still doing, still it. doing it. Yeah, he's still yeah. doing it. So, I mean, you could see that. And uh, Keenan Allen came in and uh, he, he's the player he is. And everybody sees that. After our first workout in the summer, uh, I called Coach Tedford after the workout and I was like, don't even dick around with this kid. Just put him in the starting lineup. Like I need to get my reps with him. He's starting. He's that good. Like <laughs> don't even like mess around. And, uh, and that's what happened. So it was, it was fun. Because yeah, usually I'd say you, know, that you was always got right call. Yeah, you always got to go in and like show your worth, which he did. But uh, I mean, he was one of those guys that he stepped on the field from point one. You're like, oh, he's like the best football player on the field right now.
1: Can't argue with that. Yeah. Now let's see, flipping that question around just a little bit. So let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. And I know then it wasn't the Pac-12; it was still the Pac-10. Was there any Pac-12 defender that you knew whether they were coming into Memorial State Stadium or you guys were traveling there? Was there any Pac-12 defender? that you felt you always had to keep your eyes on throughout the entirety of the game? Every team had
0: one. I mean, there were so many good players during that time. Um, Secondary-wise, there there were a ton of good players, but we just kind of ran our plays and made our reads. And I don't think we lost very many one-on-ones. I mean, if it was a pick, it was just probably a bad throw. or something like that. I mean, there's times where you got beat up in a man a little bit, but um, most of the guys, you know, were defensive front, and SC always had some guys. Oregon State had some guys. I can't remember who their poly D-tackle was, but he was a handful. Um, sure. God, he did, like body slamming like three times in one game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But everybody had some guys. I think Oregon and 08 – had those two safeties that were good players chung and um ward and when we played them right. i think uh, i mean i got hit by three guys and got knocked out um tried to stay in the huddle and the whole team like jumped on me and we were like riley get the hell out of here um and uh, well, i mean
1: you made the bell to be, you know to, <laughs> right. if you're a fighter right he's up and then uh put him in
0: but those guys made some plays and that game especially they laid some hat on us but uh we ended up winning that game so it's good but there there's a Guys across the board, I mean, SC, I think you can go through their class every single year we played, and they probably had at least seven guys drafted every year.
1: Right, right. Some perennial all-pro or all-pro to
0: be. Yeah, they had those linebackers that year with uh, Cushing, Malaga, Matthews, and then I forget the other guy's name. He's probably the best one, though. I think it's Smith. Yeah, talk about a four-headed monster. Yeah, I think it's Smith. Yeah, I know. There there's some teams and some players when we're – when we were
1: there. Oh yeah, no doubt. So just a couple more questions for you here. Can't really have the show without asking it. What is your favorite memory from the big game?
0: Ooh, 09 for sure. 09 was a great game. Just going down big early uh, and then coming back and beating Harbaugh and Stanford at their own game right when they were on the uprise. I think they had back-to-back wins. This is right after we beat Arizona, the top 25. Um, It was just a great football game our defense picked up played great our offense played great uh drove down the field making 80 90 yard drives and it was a fun football game and at the end there my roommate mike mohammed with the pick to seal it um i cracked a little joke about who's gonna hook up with mikey right after the game got some good (laughs) laughs i was like i'll do it don't care he lives in the room right next to me, so I can jump in there. Um, but uh, it was worth uh, it. It was a uh, it was an awesome game, and then our crowd rushed the field. It looked like a Cal home game. Cal fans were louder the whole game. Um, it, was, it was most fun I've ever had in a football game in terms of team coming back, especially after during our Cal days. Usually, when we got down big early, we kind of lost a little bit of fight, and uh, that game didn't at all. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they heard you all the way back in Berkeley from Palo Alto. Uh, I definitely remember that game. Such an exciting one to watch. And that's yeah, very good choice on your part. So let's uh, get this one last question in here for you. While you were at Berkeley, you proudly wore number 13. Was there any particular reason you went with 1-3?
0: You know, it's more uh, my brother wore it. You know, when you're a kid and your brother's nine years older than you playing, um, brothers are kind of your idols and things like that. So my brother wore it, and I just started wearing it from there.
1: Fair enough, my man, and sometimes that's how these things start, you know, and I know how it goes, I have a brother as well, I was always on the older brother side of that relationship, but yeah, just growing up, we were always kind of together, he was always doing a lot of the same things I was doing, and you know, I don't want to bust his balls or anything, but sometimes he would do it just because your older brother's doing it, which is reason good enough.
0: (laughs) Yes, good or bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, K. Riley. well, I think this was a pretty good way to start our series here, Believe in Cal Bears, the Golden Bear necessities. I think we and the people have a lot to look forward to this season. But I think this time we should let them get to sleep and get back to their responsibilities and get ready for the next weekend of football.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Cal Bear fans, we'll be back soon. You guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. That's right. Go Bears.
1: Believe in Cal football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California and is available on all major platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal Football is also brought to you by OS Day Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland. And the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co.